SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to the Morning After on Sports Grid. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, and you're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204. We've got you covered for the next three hours here on the grid. There is so much to get to. First of all, the Major League Baseball trade deadline is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. The NBA draft happens to be tonight. NFL training camp started. Free agency in hockey. Oh, and yeah, it's the Olympics, which was supposed to be last year. It is so busy right now. I'm not used to this happening in the month of July. We are approaching August. We're getting closer to football season. We're hearing from players. We're hearing from coaches. We're getting some updates on rosters and starting quarterbacks already. I'm really excited to break all this down and see how the market is moving across sports. Major League Baseball trade deadline has been crazy. Yesterday was the first real big day of trades, and I'm sure over the next 24 hours, we're going to get to hear more. Craig Mish, our MLB insider, going to join us right here in the first hour of our show. But yesterday, my co-host, Ben Stevens, not only bet on the Mets on the money line, he actually went to the game to watch his bet play out in person. And Ben is now the good luck charm for the New York Mets because not only did the Mets win, now Arizona Diamondbacks won last night, and we had the TB-Dub sweep. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Ariel. We needed a TB-Dub sweep. It had been a little cold, at least for me, in Major League Baseball over the past couple of days. So going with the Mets as the home favorite on the money line against their divisional foes in the Atlanta Braves, a Braves team that scored 12 runs just a day prior inside the friendly confines of City Field. Well, it was good to be that good luck charm for the Amazons last night. I was there with a large group of my friends. We were celebrating. We were getting loud. We were giving Let's Go Mets chants all across and through the night there in the Queens area. So it was a big win for the Mets. It was a ton of fun. Michael Conforto in that laser cannon of a right arm out in right field, saving that game for the Mets. It was a ton of fun. My first baseball game, Ariel, in person in nearly three years. So it had been a long time. It was a ton of fun and a great win for the Mets. Profitability across the board. That's what we're trying to do here in all of the updates that we have, whether it's NFL training camp, looking to the futures market, a Major League Baseball card that features a ton of very interesting K-Props early this afternoon, Ariel, or even cease and desist letters coming from a Power 5 conference in college football. There is so much to get to, and where can you find the winning edge? That's what we try to provide for you here on the morning after. So the New York Yankees, I know you were talking about the Mets before. However, the Yankees were the big name yesterday during the trade deadline or during the trade talks because they end up picking up the outfielder Joey Gallo. Now yesterday when I was looking at the odds because there were some talks about the Yankees potentially getting Trevor Story, getting Gallo, the odds had the Yankees at 30 to 1 to win the World Series. You talk about value. The Yankees had the second best odds on the board around 5 to 1 to win the World Series back before the season started. It was only the the Dodgers that had better odds. Now the Yankees finalizing this deal to get Gallo from the Rangers. The deal's pending medical review. It's expected to be made official today. 
the Rangers are going to receive four Yankees prospects. The Yankees left-handed hitters have been atrocious this year. They actually rank dead last in batting average, hitting 197, and they rank 28th in home runs with just 22. Gallo is going to be a huge bat for this Yankees team, especially because the Yankees happen to play in the hitters-friendly ballpark in Yankee Stadium. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. First hour here on the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 and the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Ben, I kept watching the futures market in Major League Baseball to see if there would be any type of movement on the Yankees after the Gallo acquisition. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, maybe a small bit of movement in the American League from earlier this week after the weekend series against the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees were plus 1,900 to win the AL. Now they're plus 1,600, but not a ton of movement there. But this might be your time to jump in and find that value. Ariel, like you said, from the beginning of the year, obviously the Yankees have much, much, much longer odds. But right now where the Yankees sit is a very intriguing place. I still would not take them to win the American League East. They're eight and a half games back of the team that has the best record in the AL right now in the Boston Red Sox, and they're plus 1,200 to win that division. But the Yankees are only two and a half games out of that second and final AL wildcard spot. And if the Yankees get there, that is where I think you will see a lot of value on the Yankees. They will probably be favored in a lot of those games because they are a public team. The pinstripes always are. But if they can get to the postseason and you have a plus 1,600 ticket that you are holding and waiting to cash for the Yankees to win the AL pennant, that's a ton of value. Hedging opportunities, middle opportunities, cash out opportunities and Joey Gallo and all 25 of his home runs and that ranks sixth most in the American League coming to that short porch in Yankee Stadium there in right field I think it's a great deal for the Yankees adding a huge bat and a very good defensive outfielder by the way Ariel 14 saved defensive runs out of Joey Gallo in the outfield this year that leads all of Major League Baseball also won a gold glove back in 2020 for playing out there in the outfield. What cracked me up yesterday, and I don't know if you were in on this because you were at the Mets game. When I was watching the Yankees game and I was watching all this go down between the Gallo trade and then Aaron Judge gets scratched right before the game for the Yankees, there was a report by the Yankees reporter saying they don't see Aaron Judge in the dugout for four innings this went on that there was all this speculation did the Yankees just trade Aaron Judge for Joey Gallo then it turns out that Judge actually went into the locker room to go and just get changed he was getting in uniform and he was coming into pinch hit so it was the complete opposite of what anybody was assuming was going to happen I just was waiting for this ginormous blockbuster trade to go down where the Yankees just somehow assumed Aaron Judge is no longer their star just kidding. It didn't happen. It was four prospects that went Gallo going to the Yanks. Coming up next, more baseball recaps. Stay here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Just finding out from the Olympics that Suni Lee did just cash in for the gold for women's gymnastics. Let's go. Another gold. You know, Ben, after even the rough start, and I know this is completely off the right. This is not what we were planning on talking about right now. But, but 
Team USA got off to a really bad start in the Olympics. The men's team lost. The women's soccer team lost. Uh, Simone Biles ends up withdrawing. Yet Team USA is still heavily favored to have the most gold medals of any country. Rightfully so. Caleb Dressel last night with a very impressive and emotional win in the 100-meter freestyle, speaking to his family. Incredible. Simone Biles withdrawing from the Olympic team all-around final, the individual all-around final to focus on her mental health. But Suni Lee stepping up in a big way, winning gold this morning or tonight in Tokyo, depending on the time difference there. But Suni Lee winning a gold filling in rising to the occasion it's absolutely incredible stuff and the usa continuing hopefully to add to that gold medal count they were the heavy favorites entering to be the overall winners of the most gold medals when the time when the tokyo olympics came to a conclusion now starting to get back on that track and congratulations to suni lee the women's gymnastics individual all-around gold medalist Going to Major League Baseball, which is what we were supposed to talk about, but I'm just proud of Suni Lee because she's incredible. She did finish, by the way, second in uh, for the USA qualifiers. Anyway, Astros beat the Mariners yesterday, 11-4. to Now, the Astros were favored at minus 116 to win the game. There was a better out there who really had faith in this team. They found a way. Yeah, why not? We don't have to lay the minus 116. Let's go find some plus money. Ben, this was... Show me the plus money to the max. $5 makes this better just over $1,300. He had the Astros in a parlay to win the second, third, fourth, and fifth innings. They all hit. He cashes. Makes just over $1,300. The Astros win 11-4. The Astros now in first place of the national of the American League West with a 63-40 and record, which is six games better than anyone else in the division. Crazy stuff. I mean, just insane that you cash a bet on a second, third, fourth, and fifth inning result where the Astros score one run in each of those first three innings there in the second, third, and fourth, and then they take advantage in the fifth as well. So the Astros going on to win 11-4 to over the Mariners. Implications for the American League West race, implications for the AL wild card as well. The Mariners two and a half games back of their fellow divisional foe, the Oakland Athletics, for that second and final wild card spot. So, so much at stake. We talked about the Yankees in the first block of this show and the trade for Joey Gallo and what that means for the American League odds. Well, the AL pennant odds right now go through Houston. The shortest odds, the favorite on the board at plus 200. The second shortest odds do the Houston Astros have to win the World Series at plus 460. They are tied now with the Boston Red Sox for the best record in all of the American League. So Houston with the best offense in all of baseball. A slow start after the All-Star break. Now starting to get back into form. 11 runs yesterday against the Seattle Mariners. Speaking of a lot of runs, since you put the emphasis on the 11, I'll one-up you. 17-14, to 14, final score, the Tigers beat the Minnesota Twins. Two teams not in the mix for the American League title. However, this one goes over 9.5 by the fourth inning. In the fourth inning, both these teams combined for 14 runs. Yeah, I would say the 9.5 a little low there. Tigers cash as a dog also, plus 116 on the money line. Ben, 17-14 to 14 was the final result of this game. Uh, the over going, uh, the total going over with ease is an understatement. 
The Twins have the highest over percentage in all of Major League Baseball. Nearly 62% of the Twins games this year have gone over the total. When you look at the Tigers, they're not really up there. But yesterday, plating 17 runs and none of them coming by way of the home run, as our very own Alex Fasano said in his Sports Grid News update. 17 runs scored, Ariel. Not a single home run hit by the Detroit Tigers. That's small ball at its finest. That's piecing together and finding ways to scratch across runs. I say scratch across runs. They scored 17 of them. The Twins in their 14 runs, by the way, had seven home runs. But yeah, this going way, way, way over the total. 31 combined runs in a single game. That fourth inning where 14 runs were scored. I mean, you're sitting there watching this game thinking maybe in the first five you'd go over. Well, you went over the entire game total in that fourth inning alone. A lot of runs scored in Minnesota yesterday. The highest over percentage, nearly 65.2% of their games at home for Minnesota going over this year as well. So there's a way to find profitability on a Twins team that in the win-loss record this year has not been necessarily what we expected or hoped for for the Minnesota Twins. A slight disappointment, but they can score some runs a lot of their games going over. This was a really interesting stat point uh, posted by ESPN Stats and Info. The Minnesota Twins are the first team in Major League Baseball history to out-homer their opponent by seven and still lose the game. The Detroit Tigers are the first team in MLB history to be out-homered by seven and win a game. Basically, being out-homered by seven home runs uh, usually points in the direction of winning. And in this case, it just didn't happen. So that was the crazy uh, score of the day. Now the Mets, we touched on it a little bit before, Ben. They win 2-0 over the Atlanta Braves. Opposite of overs hitting, the Mets have the most unders when playing at home in City Field in Major League Baseball. They're hitting at just under 70% to the under when playing at City Field. That 2-1 result just added to that trend. And sitting at City Field last night, as I was, there was not a lot of action early on in what was a well-pitched ball game between Tyler McGill, the starter for the Mets, who has been very, very good in his young Major League Baseball career, and Max Fried going for Atlanta, who had been terrible on the road this year, above a 6 ERA, but much better. Right there, shout-out to Andrew Howard Schneider, my former roommate, one of my dear friends, celebrating a Mets money line cashing. The Mets were a favorite at minus 134. They are a favorite this afternoon back at City Field with Taiwan Walker at the bump again at minus 134 but Ariel you talk about the unders a 2-1 final Michael Conforto in his right arm really saving it for Edwin Diaz who gets the save for the Mets as they hold on to beat the Braves 2-1 but the Mets nearly 69% of their home games so far this season are unders so when the Mets are playing at home and you might have good pitching matchups out there, maybe look to a first five under, a game under overall. And that was the case last night, which I did not expect to be the case with Max Fried being on the road. His home road splits so drastically different, but still going under the total of seven and a half as it was posted pregame, a two to one result. But really all that matters, I was in attendance, a good luck charm in the Mets money line cashes. Two money lines, the D-backs and the Mets, cashing yesterday for a clean sweep of our best bets until bet do us part. A couple of things I want to touch on yesterday and a little bit selfishly. First, my best bet of the day, the Diamondbacks. Another trend to keep an eye on, if the Texas Rangers get a win, you're better off just fading them the next day. Of course, look at pitching matchups, etc. 
Texas Rangers have the worst and the least amount of wins, the worst record, least amount of wins following a win this year. The Diamondbacks were getting the Rangers after the Rangers beat the Diamondbacks the night before. The trend still holds true, especially because Texas has one of the worst bullpens, if not the worst bullpen in baseball. Second, another prop that hit, it was the Yankees team total under against the Tampa Bay Rays. That shouldn't have been a sweat. It ends up going to extra innings, and the Yankees end up winning 3-1. However, that one surprised me that it was even as close as it was. But under four runs has been profitable Anytime that the Yankees, it's four or less runs, but anytime that the Yankees um, do play the Tampa Bay Rays, majority of their games have gone under that number of four. Lastly, what stood out to me, I don't understand how Tyler Malley goes up against, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, he goes up against the Chicago Cubs. He goes six shutout innings, giving up just five hits, and he only got two strikeouts. So uncharacteristic, Mm. Ben. That's not what we're used to for Tyler Malley, who is my boy. And he's been my strikeout prop king all year long. A great outing, but only two strikeouts against the Cubs. The highest K rate in all of Major League Baseball against right-handed pitching. It wasn't Tyler Malley's day, at least, striking out people yesterday. A good performance, though, for the Reds. Yeah, that was my vent of the day for Major League Baseball. Coming up next, we'll listen to another person vent. It's the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Stay on the grid. Winning Edge Benefit. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Yesterday in the mid-afternoon, the big story was that the quarterback for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, was taking the podium for the first time. Rodgers has returned to the team this week. He says he'll be playing this year. And ha- and when they when they asked him, the media, they said to him, "Do you are you excited to be here? Do you want to be here? We'll take a listen to his answer. Do you want to be here right now? I do. I do. I love my teammates. I love the city. And I love my coaches. Um, you know, it's, it is a lot of fun to be back here. And like I said, I'm competitive. And I realize the type of team that's in place here. Um, it's a team that uh, has a lot of talent on it. It's been close the last couple of years. So I, I'm definitely excited about this season. I've had a lot of great conversations over I'd say, the last two weeks with uh, various teammates, past and present. And just definitely uh, refuel the fire uh, to go out and, and lead and perform at my, at my best. The odds makers are buying it. Odds makers last year booked the Green Bay Packers at 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. This year, since Rodgers said he was coming back, the Packers are now 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Last year, it was also 13-1 to for the Packers to win the NFC. And this year, they're plus 550, the second-best odds behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben, I find those numbers intriguing because last year at this time, it was the Dallas Cowboys who actually had better odds than the Green Bay Packers to go on and win the conference. It's pretty crazy to see how much these last two years the books are finally saying, okay, we believe in Aaron Rodgers now. 
Two straight seasons of 13-3 and three football in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. Their team win total this year is at 10. The over has heavy juice at minus 150. For some reason, FanDuel will not give us alternate win totals on the Green Bay Packers because if you gave me an over under 11.5 or a 12, I'd probably take that with some good plus money at the moment right now. But still awaiting an alternate team win total on the FanDuel Sportsbook for the Green Bay Packers. Yesterday, here's a replica of what that press conference was like for Aaron Rodgers, his first time meeting the media in Green Bay since returning. Here's a reenactment of it. Pretend this is a blowtorch, a fire torch of sorts. (laughs) All across, just taking shots at everybody, every single person, the media, the front office. He was scathing people yesterday. He had no love loss for that Green Bay Packers front office. He was not shy about discussing his future in Green Bay, saying he seems like it's unlikely now he will be ending his career in Green Bay. Brian Gutenkunst, the GM for Green Bay, was certainly on the ropes yesterday as Aaron Rodgers was up there. He really just was going out. He heard it in that uh, that soundbite right there. He said he loves his teammates. He loves the city. He loves his coaches. The one thing he did not mention, I don't love my organization at the he moment. Almost he did. did not hear Aaron Rodgers. I love the And then he oh, ate fit. the words. <laughs> and then he, yeah, he ate the words. He wanted no part of that. But even with that being said, whether he is truly happy to be in Green Bay around his teammates or he's just pissed off at the front office, that is a good Aaron Rodgers. Plus 550, the second shortest odds to win the NFC. And they were right there last year, Ariel. They seem destined to get back to that stage if Aaron Rodgers can be even near what he was at that MVP level a season ago. In order to get even close to that, he's going to need his number one wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Adams still hasn't signed his contract extension with the Packers. Adams hoping to become the highest paid wide receiver in the league. He had the fifth most receiving yards last year in football, led the Packers in receiving. Now he also may not have to worry too much about the triple or double coverage because Green Bay did sign their former slot receiver, Randall Cobb. Cobb had hamstring issues in his last year in Green Bay, however, was one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets he hasn't really had a slot receiver ever since Cobb left back in 2018 or 2017 last year in Houston Cobb missed six games for a toe injury finished the year 38 receptions 441 receiving yards if you could get Cobb and Adams I can imagine Aaron Rodgers may be happy for his quote-unquote last stand we're going to welcome in our MSG audience coming up next and we'll hear from one of my favorite new head coaches in the National Football League we'll be back in 15 seconds Welcome to our MSG audience in the first hour of the morning after on SportsGrid. You're also listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 and the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Welcoming in MSG, it's time to talk some New York or New Jersey tri-state area football. The New York Jets always find a way to the back page of the newspaper. And this year, it's because they can't figure out how to get their quarterback signed. Not only is it not even a veteran quarterback, it's a rookie quarterback, the last rookie quarterback to sign, Zach Wilson. Still not in the mix yet, still not at training camp. That's really tough if you're a rookie. The head coach of the Jets, who's in his first year with New York, Robert Salah, said this about the contract situation. Again, Joe's, Joe's dealing with it, and um, obviously from the business side of it, there's a lot of things that, that come into play, and 
uh, like I said, Joe's got a great handle on it. So we'll just, again, when he signs, he signs. And it's, you know, there's there's 89 other guys that, that deserve our attention. And that's that's where all our focus is right now. So. What point do you need him here, Robert? Ask me again tomorrow. <laughs> I love Robert Salah. I've loved him since he was the defensive coordinator for the last couple of years for the San Francisco 49ers. He does a great job. He gets his team amped. He gets me amped, and I'm not even a Jets fan. Ben, here's the way to get you amped. Last year, the Jets had odds up on the FanDuel Sportsbook to go 0-17. On the positive side, those odds aren't up this season. That's good. And another positive their team win total of six, six and a half, I believe it is. Let's check that team win total just to make sure six. exactly what it is. It is six, and the juice, at least a little bit, is on the over at but minus 115. But it's down from last year. It was six a and a half bit. last season. Hey, well, well, listen, they drafted second in the draft, and they can't sign their quarterback. They drafted number two overall. Some of the offset language is what apparently is holding up this deal between Zach Wilson and the New York Jets front office. You heard Robert Salah mention it there. The GM, Joe Douglas, has been very crafty in his time in the front office in that role for the New York Jets. Obviously need to bring Zach Wilson in right now. The Jets have odds of plus 2,100 to win the AFC East. That is tied for the third longest odds of any team in any division all around the NFL this year. So they need Zach Wilson to be in there because this is not a developmental project. He is going to be their starting quarterback from day number one. He has to learn the system of Mike LaFleur. It's a new coaching staff all across the board. A lot of moving pieces right now. So I think as we talk alternate team win totals, there might be some value if you want to fade the New York Jets. And looking at their under five and a half team win total, that's plus money right now at plus 120. So that could be an opportunity to go under and find some plus money on the New York Jets right now. I think Zach Wilson will have some success in the NFL. I've said all along, I don't think he was the number two quarterback prospect, but the Jets did. I'm not sure it's this season, and there's a lot of moving parts right now when the guy's not even at camp yet. The only rookie drafted in the first round yet to be signed to his ball club because yesterday the San Francisco 49ers inking that deal with Trey Lance. So Zach Wilson, the only unsigned rookie that was drafted in the first round out there in the NFL right now, not the start he wants for his NFL career, not the start that Robert Salah was hoping for his first year as the head coach of the Jets. That's the issue, right? You have your first-year head coach with a first-year quarterback trying to turn this organization around. You don't even have your head coach and your quarterback together. Probably why it also is such long odds for the Jets to win the AFC East on top of just roster issues. 21-1 to 1 is what the Jets are at the longest odds to win the division. Then there's also the worst record in the NFL at the end of the regular season mm. odds, which starts with the Houston Texans. Then it's the Detroit Lions. Then at 10 to 1, the New York Jets. The New York Giants actually making a little bit of improvements in the futures market. Last year, the Giants' win total was 6. This year, it's 7. Last year, the Giants were 9 to 1 to win the division. This year, they're plus 440. Last year, 40 to 1 to win the NFC. This year, 37 to 1. And to win the Super Bowl last year, they were 80 to 1. This year, 70 to 1. I'm looking at all the optimistic ways to see the New York Giants this season. Ben, thoughts on how the Giants' first few days of camp and the storylines that you may have heard have been going? 
Well, I like what I'm hearing out of Daniel Jones and him trying to take that next step in his third year. He has more weapons in his arsenal this year, and hopefully a healthy Saquon Barkley is a factor in that. They're playing it slow with Saquon right now, but all the reports about his progress after suffering that torn ACL and being able to return in a healthy and productive way for this 2021 season seem positive right now. So that's a great thing. I think there is value, as I have said, as you have said, Ariel, on the uh, Giants, excuse me, to win the NFC East at plus 440. I like those divisional odds because the Giants were right there last year in what is a bad division that I don't think has really got all that much better unless the Cowboys really turn things on offensively and that defense is up to snuff this year. I'm not sure it is at this moment. There's some reports out of Dallas about Dak not being fully healthy at the moment, but not the ankle, the arm. So a couple of nicks there for the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready. So at plus 440 for the Giants right now to win that division, I think there is value as you look at the futures market at this current point. I have liked these alternate team win totals on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think there's a correlated option there. If you sprinkle on that plus 440 to win the NFC East in those divisional odds, you could also look at the over eight and a half for the Giants plus 185 right now because if they're going to contend for that division in a 17-game season to go over eight and a half, that's not even over 500, but all that much. But at plus 185, some good plus money options on the New York Giants. The Giants also scratched or ended up cutting Kelvin Benjamin, who is a wide receiver, used to play for the Panthers, trying to switch over to tight end. Benjamin said after he got cut, that Joe Judge is never going to win a Super Bowl. He's not that kind of coach. Fighting words Ooh. for a player trying to find his way back into the league. Stay right here on the grid. Craig Mish, our MLB insider, joining us to talk trade deadline up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, it's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens and I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us next, you see him on FST right here at noon Eastern time on the Sports Grid Network and all over social media, breaking baseball news left and right. It is Craig Mish, and I am so glad he's here to join us today because I know you are one of the busiest men in sports right now. Well, that's true, and it all ends in terms of that Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern. So as exhilarating and as much fun as all of this is, there's that finish line that is always ahead of like the baseball trade deadline and the winter meetings and things like that. So it is exciting right now, but trust me, I have my eye on Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern knowing that that's going to be it. There's nothing to break. I do weirdly love the trade deadline. I find it to be fun, especially as a show host. It's so great to have so much news at any given moment. Last week you came on the show and you said that the star of the Marlins, Starling Marte, was going to get traded. Just didn't say where. Then yesterday the news broke and you broke it. You said the Marlins are going to be sending Marte over to the Oakland Athletics for the hometown guy who's from Miami. He's Jesus Lazardo, the left-handed pitcher. When it came to the Marlins dealing Marte to the Athletics, how surprised were you that it was the A's that got him? Look, I was very surprised. I, I didn't have any idea that Oakland was even involved, and apparently Miami was talking to them for days. And 
I, I think what this goes to show you, Ariel, is look, there's a lot of people that do what I do and probably a lot better of a job than I do on a much bigger scale. But a lot of it, honestly, is BS. A lot of it is rumor. A lot of it is speculation. And it's what drives shows like ours and yours, and it makes it fun, and it makes FanDuel change their odds on players being traded. But in the end, we really don't know where these players are going to end up. And I don't think it's for a lack of trying. It's just a matter of at the last second, a trade can happen where two people they're, they're on the phone for an hour or two. And in the end, it's a team that you have never heard of. And so I think that you're going to see a lot of that. And I think more of that is to come over the next couple of days. Last night, as an example, did anybody report until yesterday that Joey Gallo was even a possibility for the New York Yankees? So rumors are fun. I, I try to only report fact and not rumor because I really don't have any clicks other than this show for people to watch, guys. So I, I tend to keep it as real as I can. So, Craig, Starling Marte going to Oakland. The A's have a two-game lead over the Seattle Mariners for that second and final AL wildcard spot. They're six games back in the ALS, AL West, I should say, plus 650 to win that division right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What does Marte do for the A's postseason hopes? You know, I, I, I don't think that, that it really changes much in terms of the division, and I don't think that he is the kind of player – that's going to win seven or eight extra games for them. But, Ben, I do think that he's a compelling figure in a one-game playoff. And I think Oakland knows that's kind of where they're headed. And uh, Marte, if he gets on base, he's on second. I believe he's second in baseball in stolen bases. He almost never gets caught. And he always makes contact. And he plays a really good outfield. And so with the A's knowing they're going to be most likely in this one-game scenario, because, I mean, to me, Seattle has been a team of destiny, but i got to believe Oakland gets in over them. Um, you know, I, I think that they realize that, hey, we've been down this road so often. We don't ever win these, these wild-card games. And I think they do need to take the next step. And the Marte trade, a little bit more than, than just a trade. Understand that the A's are looking for a new stadium. You know, they, they got a lot of convincing to do uh, with the county and trying to get that thing built, get that new stadium built. They can't just not go for it now. I think that's part of the equation. Getting big players and big names in does help. The Yankees trying to do that, getting Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers last night. Gallo's only played for the Rangers in his seven-year career. What is the lefty going to do now that he's going to play at Yankee Stadium? I got to be honest, this feels desperate. It feels like the Yankees, uh, you know, are, are finally for the first time in a while sort of bereft of these high-end prospects outside of Jason Dominguez, who they're not going to trade. And and I don't think Gallo is a great fit for New York. Uh, they already have Stanton, who strikes out half the time. They have Judge, who strikes out 35% of the time. And what happens, Ariel, with a game like that, with a team like that, is that they're going to get into a situation where it doesn't matter who's on the mound, they're going to get shut out. They have so much swing and miss on that team. It felt like, to me, it feels like a desperation move. If they're not done, and this is a piece along with some others, then I think it's a positive trade deadline for them. But Gallo is not the answer, I don't think, to their problems. And, and you're going to see, again, a lot of strikeouts with them. I think this is the most strikeouts for any team I've ever seen in baseball uh, in, in one outfield. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Joey Gallo. And by the way, the Yankees are coming to Miami this weekend, so I'll have a chance yep. to see them. 
And Stanton, uh, you know, does Stanton even have a homecoming this week? Where is he going to play? There's no DH. Like, I don't know. I, I, the configuration of the Yankees this season feels like they're just throwing darts at this point, hoping for the best. The Yankees plus 1,600 right now to win the AL pennant. Another trade yesterday, maybe not quite the headlines of Joey Gallo going to New York, but Eduardo Escobar going to Milwaukee. The Brewers, the third shortest odds to win the National League right now, Craig, at plus 480. What does Escobar add to that Brewers lineup? He's a help for sure, and I think that it's very surprising that the Brewers have found themselves in this position without having the offense as good as you would think. Christian Yelich has not had a great year. Lorenzo Cain has been injured. Keston Hira, who they thought would take the next step, has not. So Escobar is a proven hitter, and I don't, and I don't think he's a game-changer, Ben, but they do have those two pitchers, three actually with Peralta, but they have Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta going into a five-game series if they win that division. And I think that this is just like, hey, uh, we got to make sure we get there. We'll get Yelich back in a few days. We'll get Lorenzo Kane back on the field. Uh, so uh, you know, Escobar just kind of helps them get to where they need to be. But he's not. I don't think he's going to win a postseason game for them. But clearly, their offense has been a little bit surprisingly weak this season. But pitching will be the key, and they have it. You're listening here on the morning after to our MLB insider, Craig Mish, and he hosts FST here on the Sports Grid Network, noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Craig, where does the attention shift now? Max Scherzer has got to be the one. That's that's the name here that, that is the game changer for a team that gets them. I don't think the Dodgers are done by any stretch. If I'm not mistaken, the last couple of years, right around 5 o'clock Eastern, you Darvish, Zach Greinke, Huge trades right at the deadline. They wait right until 4.58 Eastern, and then they pull the trigger. So I would expect L.A. to be very involved, knowing that they need a starter. Kershaw's been down. Bauer, of course, who knows, probably not going to pitch this season. It's a guess. I don't know the answer to that. Scherzer puts them over the top. The Giants have to feel like they're really in it, and the Giants are going to want to avoid that wild card game. Padres may not be able to avoid the wild card game at this point. I I don't know. They may have to play in that thing. But if the Giants can escape that, and then host the Dodgers in a five-game series after the Dodgers assumingly beat the Padres in a wild-card game. Having Max Scherzer and Kevin Gossman as your number one and number two starter, I think that that'd be a good way to go into this. The Giants also, Craig, have been linked to going after Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs. Has there been any update to where Chris Bryant might go at the MLB trade deadline? Yeah, I think Bryant, from my intel on that, it's either the Dodgers, the Mets, the Rays, or the Padres, Ben. So I do think it'll be one of those four teams. I think, again, the Dodgers have the prospect capital potentially to get that done, so I wouldn't rule them out. And and clearly, at this point, the Mets have done nothing. So I, I cannot imagine that, that this owner, who's on social media yelling and screaming about all the money, that they have and all the things that they're going to do leading the division are going to get out of this doing nothing. I expect them to make a move. And I also think before five o'clock tomorrow, Eastern Dave Dombrowski, who is running the Phillies, I think they're going to make a big move as well. So those, those two teams over on the East coast, I think are the interesting ones. Craig, not really seeing hitters move the needle in the futures market. However, a pitcher, how much could a pitcher influence the odds in the futures market for major league baseball? It's only Scherzer. I don't, I don't think that there is another pitcher out there that would do it for me. I, I think personally, if you're asking me my opinion of, of something, it's like if Craig Kimbrell went to Philadelphia, I would immediately 
jump on the Phillies to win that division at that point. I think that's the only missing ingredient for Philadelphia is a reliable eighth, ninth inning guy. That They, they led in 21 games in 60 last year and blew them, and they've already blown 24 this year, which means that they're a good team. They just can't close out the game. Now, last year they tried. They traded for Brandon Workman from the Boston Red Sox, who was great for Boston, and he couldn't get anybody out in Philadelphia. And honestly, is that the case with Kimbrell? I don't know the answer. Maybe when pitchers go to Philadelphia, they go to fail. I, I don't know. <laughs> but to me, with Philadelphia shoring up the bullpen, I think the Phillies lineup is better than the Mets. I think that the players that they have are better than the Mets, but they are they are missing a key ingredient in the ninth, and that's what the Mets have, a much better bullpen than Philadelphia. Craig Mish certainly knows the National League East. Right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Philadelphia Phillies plus 380 this might be the time to jump in if you want some of that big plus money and some value so craig another team contending for the al pennant the boston red sox right now do you think the red sox will be active for the rest of this deadline feels a little bit like the red sox are playing with house money no one expected them to be as good as they are including myself major failure by me in thinking that they wouldn't be a 500 team this year but they've been fantastic i ben don't think they have enough pitching at all to get through the American League. And I know that there are some that are saying that you know Chris Sale is going to come back and he is going to be the savior. And clearly Chris Sale, probably for a decade, one of the top five pitchers in baseball. But statistically speaking, Ben, if you go back and look at players that return after Tommy John surgery in the middle of a season, there is zero track record of success. I don't know why that is. Usually it takes a few games and they come back the following year and then they recapture what they were. So if that is the case, and there's zero track record, I'm not going to go against history. Assuming Sale comes back and he's okay, of, of course at this point it's fair to say that Boston's going to get in it. And I, I'm willing to change my opinion on teams, and so I certainly think that Boston's a lot better than I anticipated, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really I, – I haven't heard their name involved with a lot of different rumors, so maybe they just kind of feel like they're playing with house money at this point. Craig, only a couple of minutes left, and I want to get to this trend in the National League East, specifically with the New York Mets. The Mets at City Field are hitting the under in, in just under 70% of their games. Ben was there last night, watched the Mets win 2-1. What is it about City Field that's so profitable to the under? Yes, yeah, City Field is not a great hitter's park, so it, that doesn't surprise me. It, it also doesn't surprise me that the Mets hitting isn't really that good. Look, I mean, their main acquisitions were Francisco Lindor and James McCann, and they may work out long-term, but they have not worked out yet. So I think it's a more of a product of their hitting, and their pitching has been pretty good. The one thing that you can say for the Mets, Ariel, is that if they have a lead after the fifth inning, in general, I know Diaz has blown a couple, they do tend to close out their games with the bullpen that they have. So I'm not hugely surprised on that. We'll just have to see if they acquire more bats at the deadline. The New York Mets, one of those buyers, whereas Chris Bryant saying mm, the Cubs being sellers, not something he's been used to throughout the course of his career. Craig Mish, our MLB insider, make sure to catch him at noon Eastern time on FST right here on SportsGrid. I'm sure Craig's going to have a lot more information on his show that maybe he's withholding from us just so you could tune in. Craig, catch up <laughs> on some sleep, and thank you for joining us today. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Coming up next, Ben and I have our Fade the Public poll. We're going to ask the viewer what their favorite story of yesterday was. Tune in to find out. You're listening here on SiriusXM 
Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time. We're done recapping the days from yesterday and prior. We're here to give you the edge. And for the next two hours, we're going to try to do just that. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Now I've been like crying in the commercial break a little bit because I just watched the video of Suni Lee's family going crazy after she won gold this morning. Anyway, let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. The polls for yesterday, people, not for this morning or the wee hours of the night where we were sleeping. This is yesterday's poll. So the poll was asking what the best story in sports was yesterday. Was it Aaron Rodgers at the podium for the Packers? Was it Major League Baseball trade deadline? The Big 12 cease and assist on ESPN or other? Ben, the public has spoken and they've decided the NFL's king and it was the Aaron Rodgers press conference. Are you fading the public? It does not surprise me in the least that Aaron Rodgers in his scathing press conference yesterday speaking to the Green Bay and national media for the first time since returning to Packers training camp would be the pick here out of the public. But yes, of course I am fading the public. I am a college guy. A college football is king guy. So the Big 12, a Power 5 conference, seizing and desisting, if that's even the right legal term, to use of ESPN to hand out. Seizing is like a seizure. Is that right? Yeah, seizing and and desisting, I guess, of ESPN was wild. And the language that Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, uses in that cease and desist letter is wild, even more scathing than what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the Packers front office yesterday. So I will fade the public and I will go with the Big 12 ceasing and desisting ESPN. I'm going to try to recover. Okay, we're going to commercial. We have to close out hour number one. That was a great note to close it out on. Seizing and assisting, not ceasing and assisting. But we're going to get to a lot more picks coming up in hour number two. We've got NFL futures to talk about. We're going to mm. give you the edge when it comes to finding some value in the props market. And there was an injury yesterday. Oh, surprise, surprise. The division it happened in. No surprise, actually. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204. Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? Neither do we. Thank God. 